0: The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Today's show is sponsored by Baker Hughes, who recently launched a new and reimagined Baker Hughes brand. As an energy technology company, they strive to make energy safer, cleaner, and more efficient for people and the planet. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Permian Perspective. So nice to be spending time with you as always. And I just want to thank you for listening in your car, your office, during your workout, wherever you are. I'm actually sitting in my office in Midland, Texas today and joining us via Zencaster is the Executive Sales Manager, John Hammond. He is the Executive Sales Manager for Drilling Services at Tally Energy Services. John, thanks for joining us today.
1: Hi, Crystal. Very happy to be here.
0: Well, thank you so much. And we're going to get to our interview in just a second before we do. So I want to thank everyone who has been sharing our podcast with friends and family and colleagues. We've received such nice emails from listeners all over the world. And of course, right here in the Permian Basin. And I really appreciate each and every one of you, and especially those who stop by and give that five-star review on iTunes. We love seeing those. But most importantly, I'm just grateful that you appreciate the information and and that you're listening and learning each week, just like I am. So thank you for doing that. All right. John Hammond is joining us today. John, how have you been doing?
1: Oh, you know, it's been great. You know, really enjoying the new styles and fashions with uh, with face masks these days. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> it's definitely different times, different times. Different time. Yes, and an you- a, a,
1: unusual year. Yeah.
0: Yes. And you know, the thing is, we're all going through this together. and We're all here for each other. And I and I think that's what I love about the podcast is is that we're getting to hear how, how people are transitioning during this time. So I can't wait to hear your story with Tally Energy Services. But first, tell us, how did you get into the oil and gas business?
1: Uh, I guess a good question. I studied engineering in college, and I started my career with Schlumberger Oilfield Services. And I guess really the primary reason why I, I got into the oil field is that It's offered the opportunity to to travel internationally and see the world a little bit. So I started my career at Slumberger and worked in Aberdeen, Scotland for about four and a half years. It was a great experience, a tremendous opportunity to meet and and kind of get exposure to, to Scotland in particular. But then once you're in Europe, you realize how much you can explore in a short period of time. So that was just on a personal level, it was pretty cool to get to travel quite a lot. Then I transitioned down to Brazil, working on offshore projects offshore Brazil and did that for about three years. Before I came back to the U.S. and got into uh, kind of consulting and software development efforts and a bit of entrepreneurial projects that kind of found me here within the Italian organization, it's the oilfield just—it's a blast. It's a lot of fun, and it, you meet all kinds of very interesting people from all over the world. And it's probably the most international business that, that I can think of. And I always find that the field you know, people are, are always the salt of the earth, and uh, it has been a great, great career choice for me, I would say, for sure. Despite all the challenges that we're facing this year, it still is—it's it's a great industry full of great people.
0: And I always find that our experiences really help, you know, give us that different perspective. And you have really received that by going international. What has that been like? Because you're now in Houston and of course doing business here in the Permian, but I'm sure things are a little bit different Than maybe being in Scotland, but that experience I'm sure has helped you today. Tell us a little bit about how that has shaped you to be where you are in your career.
1: Well, I think the word they used is perspective. I think it's a a tremendous opportunity to get to meet lots of different people, travel to lots of different places, but also see that while the food may be different and the, the terrain or the geography may be different, there's really so much more that's similar about all of us that it really kind of it makes you feel and understand that, you know, we're all really kind of in this together and we, we all have very similar goals and similar intentions. And you know, whether you're in the freezing cold horizontal rain of Scotland or the hot, dusty, you know, windstorm of, uh, of Midland, Midland, Texas, you know, there's sort of unifying things that you see across everyone you meet. And that kind of gives you an interesting perspective and sort of keeps things maybe a little bit simpler, I would say.
0: Absolutely. So then you switched, you said, into a more into a consulting and entrepreneurial position. And that brought you to Tally. Talk a little bit about what Tally is doing and how it's making oil and gas businesses thrive.
1: Sure. No, It's a, it's a, it's a great question, great opportunity to kind of talk about what we do. So you know, Tally Energy is, a, is, a, is an integrated oil field services company. So we have we offer technologies and services across the drilling space, which is where I work, the completion space, and as well as production. So it's a tally. is basically it was created out of the the acquisition of eleven companies over the last few years. Some really fantastic technology, some established brands. For you know, for example, in the drilling in the drilling services business where I work all the time, we are our flagship business is premier directional drilling, which has a you know established brand, has drilled several thousand wells in the Permian Basin over the last few years, and is a great flagship business for us on the drilling side and then we tally and how i came to join tally was me along with a group of other guys started a small software company called dynaview that does uh, you know 3d operations 3d real-time operations for geo-steering well placement drilling optimization and so the kind of the tally idea uh, would be to sort of pair establish successful Branded businesses with some cool technology that hopefully, that when you combine the two together, the sum is what, what's the expression? The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we're you know, what we're trying to do. And a lot of what the whole tally, our tally motto, our focus is: we want to help our customers make better wells. And so that's providing you know the the operators with you know the right speed, the right size, the right priced technology that sort of fits for purpose. And, and really, you know, the Permian is a perfect example of the kind of market that we want to service and the kind of customers that we try to tailor our offerings around. And it's uh, it's been a great learning experience for me. I was listening to one of your other podcasts and the guy uh, made the comment of, uh, you know, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm-hmm. And I found that that's, that's never a problem for me. I'm never in the wrong room. So it's been great, great opportunity to learn a lot about, you know, the drilling business in general and, and just and how things are done in the Permian. And it's, and it's really kind of awe inspiring when you you sort of step back and look at the scale of how things have progressed and changed and improved and, and the, the times and the speed of which operations happens and how, how much faster and efficient, more efficient things have gotten over the years is, It's really quite staggering.
0: <laughs> I love that analogy, John. I'm never in the wrong room either. So <laughs> <I love it.
1: laughs> That's right. That's right. So-
0: <laughs> Let's talk about technology because technology has changed so much. Uh, I'm sure since you when you first got into oil and gas with Schlumberger to now, how has technology really helped and changed and benefited your customers now with tally and with with drilling, with everything how I mean how, how do you see it benefiting customers?
1: Well, I guess it's a, it's an interesting question. It's an interesting thing about perspectives. You know, when, when I was working for Schlumberger, it was you know I think there were we had a, there was a hundred thousand employees. It was this en- enormous behemoth of a company. I mean, it still is, uh, but it was it was extremely large then, and and was had a huge amount of R and D development budgets, and and they had a certain way that they went after markets. What I think that as as technology advances, my kind of personal theory is that technological advances really kind of help democratize opportunities for people who are willing to, you know, put in the effort and put in the work. And so, you know, we can with our company, if we, we don't necessarily have the a billion dollar R and D budget, but we have some very smart people who work very hard and they and we develop and improve and enhance and iterate on technology so that we're trying to drive that greater performance and, and, and be competitive and, and offer a a much more sort of a much lower cost of Acquisition or cost of exposure to really cool technologies, and so we don't want to over-engineer things, but we always want to improve things and, and you know iterate, and and we have what we kind of call the the virtuous circle of continuous improvement, where you're you, know, you 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 set a plan, you communicate that plan, you you act on the plan, and then you kind of review the your performance against it, and always trying to make those small incremental improvements, whether it's technology or process or training, you know development of people, those are extremely important things too, and so. I feel like it's just we maybe couldn't have done this, you know, twenty years ago, but through the you know developments of, of you know downhole technology with NWD, motor manufacturing, polymers in the in the in the rubber in the in the power sectors of the motors that we use, all those things kind of come together to allow us to, to deliver performance is really really kind of breathtaking given the circumstances and given the opportunities in front of us.
0: Awesome. What what have you learned working here in West Texas and, and drilling that you know maybe maybe surprised you coming into this market? Is there anything that is maybe different for someone that maybe hasn't been here to the Permian?
1: Well, I'll tell you that I, I will. I remember it as clear as if it was yesterday that the, the first time I went to Midland was about eight years ago. And I flew in from Houston and I got off the airplane, was in my rental car driving from the airport to my hotel. And there was, you know, three drilling rigs lit up, you know, on the side of the highway. And I just thought, man, this is just the coolest thing I've ever seen, you know, because normally in my, in my previous sort of field experience, it was, you know, there was some sort of a long journey in the where they had to go on a helicopter and get off, offshore to a rig. But, you, you know, you just didn't have the, the immediate exposure to, to the actual drilling operations. I, I was That was just, uh, for me, was, was just a fantastic thing. It's, you know, I, I always thought Midland was a great place.
0: Right. I know. It is kind of shocking when literally there is a rig in your backyard.
1: <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. I think I think it's quite cool.
0: So, it is. It is so cool. And I think, you know, doing business here in West Texas, it may be similar to other places in the world, but there's something special about West Texans
2: no and
0: doubt. Then that is the people for sure, and just the willingness for everyone to help each other out. What kind of help would you or or advice would you give someone that maybe is about to start a business here in West Texas? Maybe just moved here. What advice would you give to them?
1: Well, first I'd say you're absolutely right. I mean, the people in West Texas are a fantastic group of folks. There's a willingness to help. There's a like a a friendliness and and a warmth. I can't even think of a time where I've had a An uncomfortable conversation with a stranger in in West Texas. They're just—it's really friendly people, and and there is a certain element of like of heritage, and there's like a culture and history of these you know families and businesses and you know entrepreneurs. That's something about Midland. I think it doesn't get the 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 reputation sufficient, in my opinion, is that it is a very entrepreneurial place. There's lots of people who see a problem, see an opportunity, and they want to you know start a company and and address it. and, And and grow as a result, and it's it's just uh, you know, there, there's a lot of parallels I think just between just American entrepreneurism and frontier mentality that that still manifests itself in in West Texas because it's a it can be a challenging place it's a hardy it's a you know hardy place to to live and, and it can be sometimes like like now challenging markets to to operate in but the, there is a kind of resiliency and an entrepreneurial spirit that I've, I've always respected about West Texas and I think that there's also you know, the thing I like about the oil field is that we have not yet succumbed to the demand for credential and that, you know, you have to have a, you know, a, a fancy degree and a fancy pedigree. If, if you have brains, if you have the w- ability to work hard, the willingness to kind of roll your sleeves up and, and get dirty and go after it, there are a ton of opportunities that still exist in the oil field. And I think particularly in West Texas.
0: Absolutely. What have you found to be the most challenging thing about what we've been going through as an industry in oil and gas during this COVID
1: time? For me it's hundred percent just the the level of uncertainty mm-hmm. it's the, the the difficulty to plan on you know what what do we expect the future to to look like what's the demand effect from the covid you know from the fact that we're a lot of us are all working from home you know we're not flying on airplanes we're we're not uh, you know we're not using energy in the same way that we have in the past we're not interacting with people the same way we've had in the past and and there's a lot of uncertainty as to how long this is going to go on and what 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 does the new normal look like and you know how do we make plans and how do we you know make investments and and position ourselves to be you know strong and healthy going forward i think that's that's you know sometimes we get told that you shouldn't wear a mask and then you should wear a mask and then you know there's all these different sort of mixed messages that that sort of feed into an underlying level of uncertainty about the future, which I think is, is probably the thing that, that's hardest for everybody. I I used to say that you can suffer through anything if you know exactly when it's going to end. But, right. the, the, but the indeterminate nature of things is what makes it a lot harder you know, to, to work through.
0: Yeah, that is so true. That really is right now. We just don't know when it's going to end. We're all hoping soon, yeah. but we just don't know. Is there one thing, like one tool that you've le- used during this time or whether it's a business tool or or otherwise that has really kind of helped you with your team members to keep you all on track? Because if you guys are anything, anybody, anything like me, I should say, sometimes it's easy for your mind to start to wander during the day and then you have to get back on track and focus because there is so much uncertainty. So is there any one tool that has helped for you?
1: That'd be kind of funny, but it's a shameless plug for Microsoft. I think (laughs) we've been, I guess, expanding our use of Microsoft Teams over the last Mm -hmm. couple of months and have found it to be like a really powerful tool for us. It's a good way, you know, because we've got on my team, we've got people up in the Northeast. We've got people in West Texas. We have people, you know, South Texas, people in Houston. So we're kind of spread around a bit, And so it's a great tool for us to, you know, keep communicated. you know, share files, share information and uh, kind of work collaboratively. And then, you know, we have weekly meetings and as a group and and one-on-one meetings on a regular basis as well. And just, I think, you know, keeping communication. And it's funny, like uh, the difference between a phone call and I've recently really grown to appreciate, I guess, since I also installed a webcam, but there is something nice about seeing someone's face when you speak to them. You know, it's, it's never going to be the same as, a, as an in-person meeting, but there is something nice about being able to see someone's face while you're speaking to them that, that kind of helps approximate, you know, the, the communication that we're used to. And so I think that's been a, a, a really good thing for us and a really good tool that we've used to, you know, to kind of keep everybody in the loop and you get kind of a chat threads and things that can go on and you actually share a lot of information fairly efficiently that way.
0: I couldn't agree more. There is definitely something to... you. Know, to see someone and and to see their expression, and that's why usually I I do my podcast in person. But today we're having to via right. Zencast due to right. time. But it, it still is nice. I will take a phone call or a webcam or a FaceTime over a an email or a text any day, just because it's so nice to hear someone's voice, right? And Absolutely. to. To feel that connection, so I love that, and I think it's a great plug for Microsoft. So, so yeah,
1: yeah, no, yeah, Bill Gates doesn't have to send me a check or anything. We're, we're yeah, I we're, saying, we're, we're just happy customers, yeah.
0: <laughs> but Bill, we will take a check if you want. Well, yeah,
1: we will. We'll have, to, we'll, have, we'll have to take a check for the endorsement. But, uh, but no, I, used say, I used to say that you know a face to face meeting is worth ten phone calls. And a phone call is worth 10 emails, you know, in the kind of, yes. in terms of like the, the efficiency of communication, how much you can get packed into what's communicated between the two people in the group. You know, we, we, we travel, we get on airplanes and we travel, you know, long distances, sometimes for just, you know, an hour or two of face-to-face interaction, because it actually is a more efficient way to communicate in general. And so I think using webcams and things in our, in our current situations is the best approximation for something like that.
0: I could not agree more. What is the one thing that you want our listeners to know about Tally and what your goals are for the future during, you know, not just during these uncertain times, but you know, what is your goal in general for your customers at Tally Energy Services?
1: Well, I think it's it's in our tagline. We are we we say it all the time. We we think we think about it all the time. We bake it into you know the way that we do stuff. We want to help our customers make better wells. And I think you know in today's and and in the uncertain future market, I think that's really going to be. And, and it sounds kind of maybe trivial or but it's it's there's so much baked into that that mentality which is you know how do we work more efficiently how do we ex- extract oil and gas more efficiently how do we you know given the uncertainty that's in front of us the more efficient we can get the better we can make the work that we do count the better we'll be sort of insulated and protected from from the variability and the uncertainty in the future and i think so you know from a kind of a just a technical operational standpoint you know we we believe in what we do helps our customers make better wells, and and one of the things, ways that we do that is we believe in you know cross disciplinary teams. So kind of breaking down those communication silos that exist in organizations, whether it's between you know the, the you know a very famous and long standing you know tradition in oil and gas is the sort of competition between the drillers and geologists mean how they, uh, you know, there's a there's a friendly you know, you know competition between those guys sometimes as to uh, you know who's more important and who knows what they're doing more or who complains about the other more strongly <laughs> as well, right? And then also on a kind of larger scale, you know, the drilling guys versus completion guys, and you know all those kind of maybe friendly but maybe not always so friendly, but you know certainly a. Opportunities for greater collaboration and, and sort of technologies and services that kind of bridge those gaps, so that and we've we've observed that whenever we do that well, it really does unlock a lot of value and really helps our customers in a significant way. So those are those things that kind of get us the most excited is when we're able to to really do those kind of cross disciplinary multi technology configurations that yield some new insight or uh, help, you know, reduce a cost or help, you know, eliminate a waste, those kinds of things that, that are, you know, we, that's kind of what, what gets us you know, jazzed up and excited and is really kind of central to the, to the tally energy, you know, business thesis. And then I guess specifically where I, you know, the, Group that I work with on a day-to-day basis, the, the guys at Premier Directional, you know, they're they're among the the best directional drilling service companies you know in, in America today. They you know, drilled, I think it's, I think I estimate it was two thousand five hundred and forty-nine wells in the Permian. So you know, we've been operating there since since twenty twelve and and have a ton of experience. So, you know, a lot of really good customers that we appreciate a lot and, and enjoy working from that we have learned from and that we hope you know uh, they appreciate our kind of suggestions for, uh, for improvements and optimizations and things. And, and also, I guess the other thing that, that, that I would say is that we, we care about our community. We care about our people. We're we're big supporters of the uh, oil field helping hands. Uh, we think that's a great organization and we've been a, you know, a big, big time sponsor of those guys for a long time. And we try to do what we can to boost their signal and help support their, you know, their, their fundraising efforts because it's a, it's a really good, really good program and a really good effort. And it's a, it kind of suits, it fits with our sort of corporate mentality of, you know, want to be, want to be helpful and want to be supportive of the, of the oilfield community in general.
0: Absolutely. Okay. It's time to get personal. This is the Barbara... Tell us, John, what is your favorite book or podcast that you're listening to?
1: My favorite book. Well, that's funny. So my favorite book of all times is *The Alchemist* uh, by Paulo Coelho. It's a, just a kind of a
0: cool. Hey, it's a, it's I'm reading book. that right now.
1: It's a great book. I make my kids read it. You know, I give it as gifts a lot. You know, some people think I'm silly, but it's a it's a great book for me. And, and the the lesson of the I don't know. Maybe I don't want to spoil it for you if you're not too far into it. But there's a there's a great lesson about the boy who goes to meet the wisest man in the world, and he gives him some advice about um, how to pay attention to the spoon, but also. The oil on the spoon, but then also don't miss all the heavenly wonders around you. So uh, it's one of those kind of you know I don't know it's a Zen, keep being mindful of the details, but also keeping perspective on you know the bigger picture and then the beauty that the the world has to offer. That 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 kind of resonates with me a lot, and I I really like that story. And also just the uh, the notion that if you want something bad enough, and if you willing to work work hard enough for it, you know the whole universe conspires to help you get it. I really like that too, and I, I I kind of believe in that. And that's a it's a kind of a it's a cool Way to think about the world and to, and to think about your efforts and focus your mind on you know what is it that you care about and what is it you're trying to trying to achieve.
0: Yes, I love that. I'm so excited to finish it. I'm about halfway through my my son, who is an avid reader. He's in, in college. He'll be a a junior this year in college there in Houston, actually at Rice and. Oh, nice. uh, he- and I said, I said, what book, one book do I need to read this summer? And he told me The Alchemist. And so I'm loving it. It's a great book. So thanks for suggesting that and not spoiling the ending for it. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. <fair>. So yeah, <laughs> what yeah. about- the other one that I read recently, which is really, it's great more for like you know business and sales and marketing, is it's a and it has a similar name. Interestingly enough, it's it's called Alchemy and the, I think it's like the Dark Arts of. Shoot, I should really look it up so I give the guy, give the author the uh, the proper credit. But essentially, it's a it's a it's a book written by a sort of human behavioral scientist, who's also an advertising executive at a big firm in the UK. And he tells all these, he gives these sort of business examples of how what we think we, what we say that we want as customers and what we actually want very often are, are completely different. And there's like what we... We actually know what we want in our minds, and we use our our logic and our intellect to try to justify it. But like the reason why we actually choose something over another thing is really not based on logic very often at all. It's uh, it's really it's based on <laughs> some, some other kind of human, you know, something something else in our in our human software that uh, that. And one of the examples he gives is if people are waiting for an airplane or a train or or a bus, understanding. We think that what we want is a train that comes on time or airplane that's never late. What actually, what we really want is to understand how long do we have to wait. That it kind of goes mm-hmm. back to our point earlier about you know, uncertainty: the how long do we have to wait for the for this uh, you know sort of COVID situation to stabilize. Same thing if you if you. The big difference between being told that your flight is delayed or your flight is delayed 90 minutes is an enormous difference in your sort of satisfaction as a customer and your, your, your feeling about you know your, your upcoming flight. Because if you're given at least some kind of estimate, then you can sort of plan your life around it. If you just have this sort of inde- indefinite delay, you just kind of suffer the whole time. And so they did this experiment where people who weren't told how long the delay would be actually had half the wait time as the people who were told so for example they were told okay one group of people was told you are going to be waiting 90 minutes the other people group of people were told you don't have to wait at all or, or it's going to be delayed but didn't weren't given a specific time estimate for how long they had to wait and in the experiment they only waited 45 minutes but the people who had to wait 90 minutes were much happier, much more satisfied with their travel experience because they'd been given an estimate. It was a much longer delay, twice as long, in fact, but it didn't affect their peace of mind or their, their sense of the quality of the, of the journey because the estimate they were given on the delay was was accurate. And the other, the other group were just sort of intermittently waiting for 45 minutes and not, not knowing what to do with themselves. So I thought that was like a, a really interesting and sort of insightful look into, you know, how humans think about things, uh, you know, from a sales mm-hmm. and a sort of customer service standpoint, you know, how can we use that information and, and make sure that we're communicating with our customers, you know, what helps ease that you know sense of uncertainty, right?
0: Yes, that is so true. Well, thank you for those suggestions. Two great books. I hope everyone gets a chance to read them. And thank you for sharing that. What about the most important lesson you've learned in life?
1: Oh, the most important lesson I learned in life is you have to tell the truth and you have to own up to it when you make a mistake. I was a young field engineer and I made a big mistake and was a very costly error. And I kind of had two options. I could have sort of tried to diffuse the blame or point fingers somewhere. And I just, I just, in the end, I just held my hand up and said, nope, you know, I, I really screwed this up. It's really my fault. I should have been able to prevent this and I, and I didn't and it's really my fault. And I found out. I kind of found out after the fact that that was a, a stunning response <laughs> that people were not expecting mm-hmm. to hear from from a, from a young you know field engineer, and that it, it actually was uh, the only thing that prevented me from getting fired <laughs> for my for my big mistake. That owned up to it, and then I you know, sort of held my hand up and said, look, this is this is my screw up. I, I own it and I'll, I, and I'll make it right. And that was, a, I, you know, that was, it was a very lucky experience for me to, to be young. You know, I was 24, 25 years old and to learn that lesson and, and to see the impact and, and the value of integrity and, and you know, owning up, up to your mistakes. And that was something that's, that served me well, you know, because certainly I've made lots of mistakes since then also. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's been a, but that I would say is the, is the, is the most important thing. And I think also it's especially true, you know, in places like West Texas, where you know, your word matters, you know, your reputation matters huge amount. So you know, treating people with respect, being honest about, you know, when you're screwed up and when you're and what you're gonna to do to fix it, because you know, none of us are perfect. We're gonna make mistakes. And so I think that kind of mentality is appreciated certainly in places like the Permian where respect, reputation, you know, kind of honor, those things still still matter. They still count in a good way, I think.
0: Well and I think that's such a great point to make because we all make mistakes. And if if you're not, then you really are you know are you really in there? Are you in the arena? Because you're going to make mistakes. And I think owning up to them is so key. And, and what a great lesson to learn at such a young age of 24 two, to go, you know what, we're all going to make mistakes and they're going to really appreciate the honesty rather than the cover up. And so I think that is just a fantastic lesson to share, and to know that it's okay. You're going to make mistakes, and it's okay. That's how we learn.
1: Right. So I can't remember. I don't know if it was Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky, but one of those guys. I think it was that said. You know, you all, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take.
0: Uh, Michael Jordan, yes. That's
1: a Michael Jordan. I, I love that one yeah. too, right? So uh, you know, if you take take the shots, but then you know, when, when you miss, you know handle that situation with, with integrity and and honesty, and you'll probably be just fine.
0: Absolutely. Well, speaking of, I love quotes. So what is your favorite
2: quote?
1: (laughs) Okay. So it's, it's, it's the quote that's on my LinkedIn header. It's one of my, it's my, it it probably is my favorite quote of all times. And it's Dwight Eisenhower. I think when he was still general in World War II, and he said, in his experience, battle plans are useless, but battle planning is indispensable. And, you know, it's one of those things that there's, I feel like sort of wisdom and genius is if you can pack in a, a huge amount of useful information into a few words. And, you know, it's what he says is so true is that, you know, mm-hmm. so seldom do our plans go exactly as we thought they would. So you could have the 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 notion that maybe we don't need to spend so much time planning. But the reality is, is that going through the planning process allows you to think about different things. And, and when those variations in, in the plan happen, you're better prepared to to deal with them, to adjust, to pivot. And. Come out still successful, uh, even if it doesn't go exactly how you how you drew it up, you know, in, on the playbook at the very beginning. And so I, I, that's a big one for me. So planning, preparation, whether you call it you know visualizing for success or uh, you know planning for success, but also but going through those process, that thought process is what you know, prepares you for whenever things go, kind of go awry.
0: I love that, and my, my husband and I always tell our kids to write it down in pencil because sometimes that eraser comes in handy. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> the plans do <laughs> change and, and then, then you just right. you pivot. <laughs> so.
1: You have to be careful of that because I know your kids are golfers, right? You can't have golfers with yes. like erasers on their pencils, though. That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Well, the next question this is just in general what are you looking forward to the most right now?
1: Oh, man, to like hang out with people that I, my, my friends, family, coworkers in a group in a way that we're not like paranoid that we, uh, we can't shake hands or that we have to mm-hmm. you know s- stand socially distance from each other. I would, I would love to be in a place where, uh, you know, we can go back to the, you know, to the, to comfort level of, you know, of camaraderie of people in, in person that that's just on a so- selfish sort of personal level. That's, that's the thing I'm most looking forward to. Yeah.
0: Well, tell me something good. What's, what's good happening in your life. Tell me something good.
1: Let's see. My son is 13. He's a lacrosse player and they won the championship, the tournament last week. And and at the the very end of the championship game, there was a close match and uh, we were up four to three and the other team was coming down the field to uh, you know, threaten him to score and uh, my, my son plays defense and uh, he made an interception and kind of ran the ball down the field to run out the clock in a sort of dramatic in uh, the championship game type fashion it was it was pretty spectacular
0: oh that's awesome congratulations
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> i'm so happy we're getting to play i know if, if, if you're like you love watching your kids play their sports and right. there's this- it's fun to see them do what they love to do and wow what an exciting ending that is that is awesome yeah.
1: congratulations yeah. shout out to the houston hounds <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go yes yeah. shout out <laughs> to go hounds yeah. finally is there anything that maybe we haven't touched on today that you really were hoping to you know our listeners would get to know either about you or about tally that you want to share
1: i guess on a Very simple level. You know, our drilling services business is. We invested ten million dollars into our facilities last year. We have a really world-class facility, a headquarters in in Houston, where we do all of our maintenance and and, and service and manufacturing for our our drilling drilling equipment. Whether it's our, you know, our Super high quality mud motors are blisteringly fast MWD systems maintain and manufacture all that equipment in our facility in Houston. And it's a really beautiful place. And unfortunately, we can't, you know, we can't invite people in person to do tours like we used to, but we have done a a very cool 3D virtual rendition of the shop and would love to be able to do a Teams web call where we can kind of walk you through a virtual tour of our facility and, and kind of show you what we're all about. And so. Hopefully, perhaps demonstrate our you know, our commitment to quality, our commitment to building good equipment, and and then obviously our you know, service deliveries has been really exceptional of late, and we just w- want to be as useful as we can to as many people who are still operating in these challenging times.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. I've really enjoyed our conversation and learning more about what you do with your company, and just I appreciate all the words of wisdom you shared as well. How can people get a hold of you if they would like to talk to you further?
1: Well, you know, LinkedIn's a great spot. You're always trying to, in this, you know, this sort of day and age, try to raise our digital profile, our digital footprint, you might say. So you can, you can find us at, you know, premierdirectionaldrilling.com. You can find us at tallyenergy.com, or you can find us on the LinkedIn. We're regularly putting posts out there. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're technical, but we try to be, you know, try to be offering content as much as we can. And feel free to reach out to me at, at any time you know, on LinkedIn or or even send me an email at john.hammond. tallyenergy.com
0: wonderful and we will definitely post those links in our show notes john thank you so much for sharing with us today we appreciate you we wish you the best during these times and beyond and just we hope to see you here in the Permian soon so i can't thank you. wait
1: to get, I can't wait to make out to midland thanks so much for the time i really enjoyed it chris I appreciate it
0: you're welcome. Thank you. It's now time to announce today's community MVP. And our MVP this week are my good friends, Natalie and Mickey Cargyle. They recently made a major donation. The Cargyle Charitable Foundation just donated $100,000 to the West Texas Food Bank. The Cargiles are so kind in their donation and, and just an amazing couple. And I just love Natalie to pieces and their hearts are just so giving. So congratulations to the foundation for being able to help so many people. This is just fantastic. For those of you who know the West Texas Food Bank, they've been feeding families in Odessa and Midland and the entire West Texas area for more than 35 years. They are the largest nonprofit, non-governmental Hunger relief organization in the Permian, and they are proud to distribute and donate purchased food to children, families, and seniors with the help of more than 80 partner agencies. And of course, this $100,000 donation from the Cargiles is truly amazing. If you know someone who needs help feeding their family, or if you are looking to donate to a wonderful organization here in West Texas, please visit WTXfoodbank.org. Well, that concludes this week's Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. A very special thank you to Baker Hughes for sponsoring Permian Perspective. We couldn't do it without them. We appreciate them and all they're doing here in West Texas.
2: So remember my motto dream big, believe in yourself and never
0: give up. You make it a great day.
2: Hey everybody, Alex here with the Events on Deck. So, due to current circumstances, of course, we are not able to have any in person events. So, I have nothing of that nature to update you guys on, but we have been hosting some virtual events. So, OGGN is wanting to offer free webinars, live happy hours, etc., during this time, since these events are not scheduled out as far in advance as in-person events we would like to keep you guys updated via facebook linkedin and twitter so be sure to keep checking up on that and we'll keep you guys posted on anything we're offering it has been free we want to offer you guys value during this time that we're all at home so please continue checking in and joining us for these virtual events we are looking forward to seeing you guys whenever we're able to have in-person events and hope you're staying safe and sound
0: Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.